everyone and welcome to The Sound Seed. This is a branch of the Women's Fellowship in Manchester called The Seed. We aim to uproot lies and plant the truth through conversation. We have a sister fellowship in London. You can find out more information about this on www.lovelimitless.com. So let's begin. And if it wasn't for Jesus being who he was, it's not, it's not just positive thinking or anything like that, but there is a weight that is in everything that he is. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode. We are so glad to have you. Um, thank you actually for tuning in, for listening, for taking time out to um, just learn with us. Um, today's episode is, who is Jesus and why is he enough? Um, so we've been talking about Jesus um, through the month of January and how he is um, our firm foundation. And we've just been speaking about the gospel. Um, so today I have um, Ife. Ife, hello guys. And Lisa. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Hi, Lisa. Hello. 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 Uh-oh. So- <laughs> Jesus, when you hear his name, um, what comes to mind? Who who is he to you? Do I say this without singing something about name Jesus? Come on, come on, something about name Jesus. 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 R.I.P. Run Challenge. Um, yeah, so um, Jesus is the the sweetest thing that could, the best thing that could ever happen to us. Mm. Ever, ever. Forever and ever, amen. Mm-hmm. To be honest. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I think, oh, I think Colossians come to mind. Oh. You know, he's the fullness come of on. God. In him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Mm. When you deep that, you can there's no there's no you know who is he for you like kind of thing because he's everything yeah he's everything everything in him the fullness of god was pleased to dwell mm. so is it healer he's there is he sustainer he's in is this mediator he's in like what what do you need bruv it's him yeah so in him the fullness of god was pleased to dwell and that's what comes to mind yes yes that's amazing and i it, and i remember during the session we we covered how he is the the son of god he is the son of man you know and mm. we looked through like what does that actually mean like what does it mean for jesus to be the son of god what does it mean for jesus to be um the son of man and why is it that when he used these words and these phrases to to refer um, to himself. Why is it that people used to get mad? You used to get mad. They said, blasphemy. How dare you call um, call yourself a son of man? How dare you call yourself the son of God? Um, and I guess the question in that is, why did they get so angry? Why did they get so upset when Jesus was, even just using the word son of man, he was literally saying, I'm a human being. Why are you mad? When I say that I'm yeah. a human being. Um, so when you guys hear those terms, that what comes to mind for you? Ooh, I was going to say what was coming to mind for the people hearing it. Then. Oh, go on. Um, I think that's such a bold statement to say that you are human. You 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 have humanity and deity mm. in one. It's so bold. 
and it's Jesus. <laughs> I think people, um, they heard of the common Messiah, but they did not know that the common Messiah would be in the form of a human, yeah. you know. So when they were hearing him say these claims and, you know, these bold statements, they were like, huh? No, 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 no. That's not what Isaiah said. That's not what, you know, all these Jeremiah said. That's not what they said, you know. Um, so I think in their minds, they couldn't comprehend that humanity and divinity could be in one person. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like the son of man, the, the term, we see it used in, in Daniel, right, um, where he has the vision of the son of man coming down, the one coming down on the clouds like the son of man. And for them, they, 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 they had the knowledge of that. They had the knowledge of, oh, there's someone that's going to come down like the son of man but when they actually saw him when they actually met jesus the one that daniel was speaking of they did not recognize him because their hearts were not prepared for for like what if i said their hearts were not prepared for what he was going to be yeah they they thought that he was going to be this person that would be like them like full of pride full of exalting self and putting themselves um above everyone else and even in the term that jesus used to um, describe himself the most and he would say son of man over son of god um to point to his humanity more than he pointed to his deity simply so that we can relate to him simply so that we can say that oh this is the one that is like me but it's not me this is the one that has come to show me the way. This is the one that has come to show me that he he too has been tempted, but never um, gave into sin. Um, so that's like something that I really love about the term son of man and son of God. Um, what do you think, Lisa? I think if they actually knew the importance of him referring to himself as son of man, they wouldn't have acted the way that they did. Um, we needed Jesus not to be just the son of God, like you've rightfully said. Because he has every single thing that we've been through as human beings, he's also gone through it as well. And that's why he is our high priest. Um, Mm -hmm. That's why he's our mediator, because he gets it. He's walked in our shoes. He walked life as a human being so that he, so we would know that he understands. We're not talking to a God who is out of touch who doesn't understand the the sufferings um, and what it is like to be a human. Because to be honest, being a human is really hard. Um, And that's why God can say there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because Jesus himself knows what it is to feel that way. He knows what it is to feel grief. Um, And yeah, I'm really glad that Jesus was the son of, was the son of man. Because when you're praying to him, he gets it. He yes. gets it. He didn't, I, I don't think Jesus ever condemned um, even the Pharisees at the time because his heart for them was always love. They're coming at him with all these questions and they're like trying to trick him with the word and the law, not knowing that he was the one to keep, come and break the law. He perfected the law. You come in, you're trying to come at, mm. I wrote it. I, I am. Come on. Um, <laughs> Ooh, yeah, not actually realizing. I am the law fulfilled. He's mm. fulfilled. Like not actually realizing that the the heart behind the law wasn't just so that you could actually do it, but because it was pointing to something else, someone else. Um. Yeah, it was really important that he was he was a son of man. And I really um I liked Ifs point 
about the fact that they'd waited for a really long time. Yeah. They'd had various prophets pointing to to the Messiah and the coming King. Mm. And I suppose that the entrance at which he gave wasn't what was expected. Um, and as we've alluded to in our different um, uh, podcasts, um, sometimes the God that we have in our head isn't the God that he is. We need to allow God to be the God that he is to us. We, they needed to allow Jesus to be who he actually was rather than trying to put him in a box because he didn't come on a chariot like they expected. So because mm-hmm. he didn't come to remove the the um, Roman rule like they wanted the Messiah to do. Yeah. This one small thing, just Roman rule, he came to break off death, hell and grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, but we actually needed him to be who he was. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's it's, it's uh, remember that conversation with Jesus and the disciples, and I believe it's Peter and John, and he's saying, and they're saying to Jesus, you know, when you are king, who's going to sit at your right hand? You know, can I sit there? You know, because in their minds, they were literally thinking that he was going to overtake the palace, um, or overtake the Roman Empire, and in Jesus's conversation with Nicodemus in John three, Jesus is like, I've not come to save you from that i've come to save you from sin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you better remind yourself of the reason that he has yeah. come don't get so confused with oh god has come to make my life a better place and there is some truth to that because we we have a different understanding of what better is but you know he hasn't come that he would sit well he didn't come that he so that he can sit on you know chariots and have a grand entrance and ride the red carpet and 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 crown him here mm-hmm. on earth so we sing songs like you are royalty we crown you king of kings because even though he didn't get a crown here on earth he still deserves that crown even now as we praise him as we worship him so as you said even the disciples idea of what he came to do was a bit skewed until they had the spirit of god to reveal mm. it to them um yeah they were like can i sit next to you can i can i can i can can i be at your feet where where am i going to be yeah um yeah so i think their their idea was skewed as well because they didn't even want him to ride a donkey yeah because they said how can the king ride a donkey and he said i'm going to ride that donkey yeah because i'm not the king you think i am yeah and i think it's still it's still ongoing right it's still like the same to this day we we have this idea of Christ, that he came for me so that I may have a life that's comfortable and, and pleasurable and and happy. And and God, Jesus, is concerned with our joy, right? He is concerned with these things, but um, joy is not found in the things that can be given to us on this earth. And even he knew that um, because you know, the word says that even Jesus endured, endured everything for the joy that was before mm-hmm. him. Not right. because, oh, this world was great, but because greater is to be had. Mm-hmm. I, I am going to a place that is great, right? And we see, we see this in, in, in Hebrews where it talks about now Jesus is the one that sat at the right hand of God because he endured and because he kept pushing and kept going. Um, and that's the same, the same thing for us, right? The same call um, for us to keep going and to have the right view of Jesus so that we can follow um, him in the right way. Um, and I think another, another I guess, um, thing that people like to, to say that Jesus is or who Jesus is as a prophet. And we, we see this like 
even in like the Islamic religion, um, they would never say that Jesus is God. He would, they would never say that he's a son of man. He's a son of God. They will always refer to him as a prophet. And um, why is it that that people, I guess, feel more comfortable with the idea of Jesus being a prophet than the possibility that he could be God himself? The man that came, that suffered, that was um, beaten, that was spat on, um, that worked, that that walked, um, that didn't exercise his power prematurely. Everything that he did was done um, with within obedience to God. He prayed. He went into the secret place. Yeah. Why is it that we feel more comfortable saying that? Oh, he's surely he's a prophet. Um, yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, Faith, I actually struggle with understanding how you can actually see the life of Jesus. There there was not one person in the Bible apart from, was it Enoch, that actually lived a perfect life. Even every single person that God had chosen and had his hand upon was sinful. But Jesus was sinless. He was in sinful flesh, but he did not sin once. And the evidence of who Jesus was then and is now in our lives is enough to prove that he was not a prophet, but God himself in human flesh. The evidence of that, for example, you can look at yourself and say, before Christ, my life was legit trash. And that's not even talking about circumstantial. I know for a fact I was anxiety ridden and I was a completely different person. This is my personal testimony, but it shows of the goodness of God because best believe that when you are battling things in your head and in your, in your life externally, you need a name that is greater than what you are facing. You need the word that is more potent than the, the rubbish that is going on in your head. And if it wasn't for Jesus being who he was, it's not, it's not just positive thinking or anything like that, but there is a weight that is in everything that he is. No prophet has that power. And if a prophet has power, then it is only the power that is given to him by God. And there is not one prophet that is sat at the right hand side of the father. Do you know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> There isn't. Yeah. Go on, if that. Mm. I agree. You know, and, yeah, I was just going to say, in terms of what Faith was speaking about, why is it so hard? Um, I think with my current understanding of Scripture and experience of God, it's hard to imagine that God could be spit upon. Mm. You know, like, I think that's what's hard for people to wrap their heads around. God is so high, why would he come so low? Mm. Um, God is so holy, why would he be in the midst of sinners? This is exactly what the Pharisees yeah. are saying. If you truly are the son of God, you shouldn't be sitting with these people because you are so holy. Yeah. You shouldn't you like we can't even come near you. That's that's what it is, right? In the same way that the Israelites would say we can't look on the glory of God that was in Moses' face. They had to turn their eyes away. Um but hallelujah first corinthians what does it say we now have unveiled faces and we're able to behold him from glory to glory 
we're able to behold him from glory to glory. Um, and I think some people just couldn't wrap their heads around that. Uh, some people can't now, to be honest, especially when you try and tell people that Jesus is both God and man. They're like, huh? No, you can't. God is holy. Man is not. There should be a separation. There should be a divide. You can't bring those two things together. If you did, if you did, it's heresy. And that's exactly what um, the Pharisees, I believe, were saying. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's probably, that could be a reason why people... back to what, what you ladies said earlier that that we want we've built this image of who we think God is that when he shows us who he truly is we struggle to see it you know we struggle to see it and um during the sessions we read Hebrews 1 um 1 to 4 and it says long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He, mm. he upholds the universe by his word and his power. Amen. You know, like Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. Um, and when we look at the word glory, we see that it is, God's holiness poured out on us in full, just like whoosh, take. Yes, God is holy. Yes, God is separate. But God's glory, right, is allows us to experience his holiness. Um, and Jesus came to this earth so that we may experience that glory, so that we may be able to be filled and, and be like, wow, God, you are so good. You are so wonderful. You are so so mighty and it says that he's the exact imprint of his nature and when you imprint something right when you like we all as children put our hands in, in paint or we put on a piece of paper and it transfers yes. over right um but jesus is is more than that jesus is the is the hand <laughs> jesus is the hand he is not just a copy he is not just a, a type he is not just a form he is the hand he is the imprint. He is the exact thing because he is God. Um, yeah. So we need to recognize that Jesus is not a prophet. He is not an angel. He is not all of these things that that New Age um, Christians or, or not even Christians, New Age religions will teach you. Um, but he is God. He is the one that created, created us. And he is the one that also came to Amen. save us. Um, yeah. and I, I really like what, what, oh, sorry, go on. Go on, you really like. Um, no, I was, I was going to move on, so you can. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, so in terms of the imprint part, I remember we used the analogy of, um, when something that I heard in church, say, for example, me and Faith said we know the same Jack. We're like, oh, yeah, I've got a Jack. Oh, my gosh, you know someone called Jack as well. Yeah, 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 he's 32. Oh, my gosh, I know a Jack that's 32. Um, yeah, you went to the same school, went to the same school. Oh my gosh, yeah, he went to the same school as well. The only way we would know if we were talking about the same Jack if we had is if we had an image mm. of Jack. And when we both show each other that image, we are able to say, 
oh yeah this is jack Mm -hmm. oh no this is not jack (laughs) and in the same way we can talk about all these other gods in the world but when you bring the image of christ and you say is this the god you're talking Mm -hmm. about and other other people are saying no then we're not talking about the same god yeah because he is the imprint as you said of god he is the visible image of the invisible god he is the image so anytime people are saying oh but you know, we're talking about the same God, the same age, do the same things. We do nice, you know, we do good things yeah. in the earth. We all serve. Show me who you're talking about. Show me the God. I'm going to bring you the image of Jesus. And you're not going to bring me the image of Jesus because we're not talking yes. about the same God. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So unless we can agree on that image, then we can't agree on anything. Yeah. I, I really like that because I think so, we've even turned ourselves into God, right? We've turned ourselves into gods mm-hmm. because... I'm good. I'm a good person. I give to charity. I, you know, volunteer my time. I do this. I do that. Um, but, and that's, that's the danger when we start to equate Christianity or like love for, for Christ and love for God to what we do. It's not about what we do. It's about what he did. It's about what he did. You know, he came, he died. He came, he suffered. He came, he loved. So that like, you may love um so it's very important to always in in these conversations with people because many of us will go out into this world and we'll have these conversations with people where people will tell you I've had someone tell me that um Reiki this new age religion thing of manifestation all of that stuff is biblical because oh you are the bible says um ask and you shall receive and seek and you'll find and it's pretty much the same thing and I'm like well does it talk about Jesus? Because if it doesn't talk about Jesus, it's not the same thing as Christianity. It's not what I believe. Because um, I don't believe that I just manifest things into the world just because. I believe that things happen because he has ordained them to happen. I believe in Jesus Christ. I don't believe in manifestation. Um, so it's very important to always draw that or make that distinction in these conversations because people will try and pull you in to say yes we believe the same thing yes we we serve the same god but do we really um do we really yeah and i and i think we we need to be defiant about that and bold about that because people will tell you that kindness is unity i don't need to be kind to you to to be unified with you Mm. does that make sense we're always pursuing or let's just be kind to each other that way we can all be one we can all be okay no Mm. No, that's false unity because we're not believing the same thing. We're not standing for the same thing. So I don't need to be kind to you to 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 to, to pander to what you think is true. Not at all. And it's not it's not arrogant for me to do this. I'm actually and it's not radical for me to believe what God has said about himself. People might think it is, but listen, I'm just saying what he has said. Listen, bruh. <laughs> I'm saying what he has said. That's it. And don't let anyone tell you, oh, you know, you need to be tolerant, you need to be kind, to be unified. Ooh. Huh? What's Ooh. unity? Come on, that please. Oh. Don't we don't we need to be on the cut yeah. on the same length? Can we obviously we can extend kindness? That's I'm that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be kind to people, but I'm saying don't buy into the false unity that just because I'm nice to you, um, we're now unified. I think it gives body, it know? gives yeah. room for passivity as well. You're just like, oh, you do you think your thing, I'll do my thing, but that's not Christ. That isn't Christ. I don't know one one place in the Bible, even against his own people and his own culture, Jesus was like, 
why are you selling and gambling and doing that in this temple? He turned the tables. Jesus would never, Jesus would never, ever. I don't think he would ever do what we do now, whereas we sit next to someone who is dying and suffering. And we're just like, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Mm. He would always be a light. He was the light. He would always speak directly to that place of need. And I think as believers walking this out, God always says that when we are speaking to people, even correcting them, we have to correct in love because he's the one who will touch their hearts. But what we need to do is remember what, what is love? It's not an earthly love, which is passive, but it's a love that is also defiant. A love that is not ready, Mm. is not afraid to Mm. be controversial and to ripple the waters and to be, um, for it to be that deep. It is that deep because this is someone's eternity. This is life and death. This is someone knowing a savior and mm. someone um, dying a spiritual death. That That is exactly what it is. And if you don't raise the alarm, if you don't speak out, if you don't do that thing that if I was talking about where you're just like, oh, let's be kind. Um, I think this world says um, we have to be tolerant to have peace. No. Because what God are you serving? We need to do what? Understand each other to to have peace. No, it's not. There's a spirit of, there's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light and they do not mix. They are like oil and water without an emulsifier. They do not mix. You cannot, you cannot mix them. You can't. It's only this world, it's only this world who will actually tell you that let's let's bring us together. But to be honest, what is in me and what is in you, we cannot. It's only when you what is in you changes to what is in me, that's when we can that's when we can be on mm. the same wavelength here. Mm. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um I think what if I was saying about unity, I, I read um Ephesians four one to three this morning and it says, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, right? It's not just eager to maintain Mm. the unity. Don't be don't be gentle for unity. Don't be gentle for um, for peace or patience, but maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Now, what is the bond of peace? Isaiah tells us that that Jesus is the prince of peace. Jesus is okay. So, um, so what is you know, that peace. Isaiah tells us that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the one that came Mm. to bring peace so that we may be reconciled to God and to each other, right? Um, So that's another thing of who is Jesus? He is peace. He says in John um, 14, I believe, peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives Not, not, Not the type of unity like, oh, be kind and everybody is right. Yeah. everybody is is has truth no there's only one truth and that's jesus right that's we can't all be right 
But these times, we all want to be right. We all want to co- um, accommodate everyone's feelings. We want to make sure that everybody feels it. No, there's one truth, and that's Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. But this is the thing. I think because every single time in every institution, we're always talking about inclusion and diversity. But in, in truth, in ah, there's nature, only one of you. It's exclusive <laughs> because there is a truth and a lie yep. in its nature. That's it, bro. There's a truth and a lie. It's like the truth doesn't bend to what you think is right. The truth is like a pole, and now you need to wrap yourself around that pole. Listen, the truth is not a liquid; it's a solid. Ooh, come on, I it doesn't know. just flow. It doesn't change its mm. form to fit into your mold. You need to change your yeah. form to fit into the yeah. mold of the truth. Yeah, it's a solid. It stays the same. Yeah. Don't now tell me, oh, yeah, but some solids can, can change its form. Not this one. Not this it's one. very committed oh, to its solidity. It stays the same. Honestly, <laughs> I'm committed to my solidity. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's defiantly yeah. the same. Yeah. It's defiantly the same. And we need to change our form to yeah. fit into the, into the mold. Yeah. And it's a good mold. Yeah. It's not an oppressive mold. It's not a suppressive mold. It's a good one. Yeah. Because it makes us look like Christ. Now, and when there's more of Christ, there's more freedom. Yeah. Now that we have kind of uncovered a bit about who Jesus is, um, I guess maybe just one word to describe why he is enough. I know we can't do that. One? We can't do that in one word. It's a sentence. A sentence. Um, why is he enough? That's the beginning of a worship set right there. You are my portion. <laughs> my, my portion. <laughs> wow. Oh, so many things are coming to mind, man. Like, okay, can I use can I use a couple of sentences? Yeah. Jesus is enough because Colossians 1, I believe 14, he's the image of the invisible God. And if God is the um is the creator of all things he's also the solution to all yeah. things um and if jesus is now embodying who god is that's why jesus is enough he's the solution amen yes i love that full stop yeah um, <clears throat> i think i know jesus is enough um because he is god in himself and god thought it right to bring him um and this might be a very weak theological argument, but go along with me. Um, God lost, God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. And God himself came down to come and rescue us from sin. And God in himself is all sufficient. And if Jesus is God and God is Jesus, then Jesus is also very all sufficient. Do you know what I mean? Jesus is more than enough to rescue and to save us, not just to leave us in one spot but so that we can actually have someone to walk like and look like and if jesus not like if jesus can do it we can do it we can be like him we can actually walk like him we can actually talk like him through the holy spirit inside of us jesus is enough because he actually did the very thing that we could not do for ourselves which was to to cleanse ourselves he was the the once and for all he was that lamb 
that did not need to be cut twice or burnt twice, but it was once and for all and enough. And the enemy has no hold on me. The enemy cannot come now and knock on my door and say, you have to come and play out. I can say, God said I'm not allowed to and stay in my room. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The enemy can't attack you anyhow. That's how you know that Honestly. that's not the only reason, but that is a lived out experience where you just like, wow, I have a choice now. When you're in Christ, you actually have a choice. Before you didn't have a choice. It says, it mm. says in, I think it's in Ephesians where it's like you were governed by, um, you were governed by your sinful flesh and you had to be obedient to the devil. The Can you imagine? Idea. You had to be obedient to the devil because you were not in Christ. But now you have a choice and by God's grace, we choose him. We choose Jesus every single time. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Amen. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I wanted a 10 I marker. <laughs> But thank you. No, but I, I love that. I love that. Um, <laughs> Jesus is enough because he is the son of God. He is the son of man. He is not a prophet. He is not an angel. Um, he is enough because he did what we could not do. Come on. He did what we could not do. And he knows us um, because he has been tempted in every way, but never gave in to any sin. Um, so Jesus is enough Um, thank you so much for joining us today ladies I really hope um, you enjoyed this conversation as much as we do and we'll catch you next week so this has been the sound seed thank you so much for listening and remember to keep pursuing truth through conversation and community see you on the next episode